Welcome to the broadcast today. I hope you had a great weekend. I'm Pastor Jeff Shree, pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries, heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. My wife, Debbie, is in the studio with me today. We want to talk today about communication in relationships and communication in the most important relationship outside of Christ, and that is your marriage. You know, it's kind of funny. uh, When we're dating, we seem to communicate very well. Uh, We talk and And talk talk and talk and talk. Yeah. You know, back in the day when there wasn't FaceTime or anything like that, you just had a, you know, a phone was just a phone. (laughs) That's all it did. And uh, we would call your girlfriend, your boyfriend, you and I would talk on the phone when we couldn't see each other, uh, you know, for long periods of time. It's not like many married couples now, we talk for two minutes, you know, on the phone. And um, so communication is key because communication builds the relationship. And uh, what happens when uh, we have problems in relationships? I'm thinking about the line from the, the old movie, Cool Hand Luke, where the famous line, where the prison uh, warden says to to uh, to Luke, uh, "What we have here is a failure to communicate, and we have many failures to communicate in marriage." The scripture says, "This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger." So when we talk about communication, it seems like it should come easy. But it doesn't come easy. Why is that, Debbie? Well, I think the talking comes easy. The communication is where we get clogged up because we can say a lot of words, but they don't necessarily mean that we're interacting with someone and that understanding is taking place between uh, two people. And I think part of the problem is that we communicate in such different ways. You and I are so completely different. Now, we've learned to be more the same the longer we've been married. But I mean, especially when we first started out, the way that we communicated was so completely different. I was much more um, emotionally driven in my communication, and you were very exacting Mm-hmm. And uh, and you still are. Yes. Uh, now I feel like I maybe have grown up a little, and I'm not <laughs> quite as emotional in my own communication. But you are still extremely exacting in yours, and because of that, you can hear words coming from me and not understand the heart of what I'm saying because it's not as exact as it needs to be. So I think uh, just those different styles of communicating can really get us in trouble. Well, they really can. And I love this quote from Harry Truman. It is understanding that gives us an ability to have peace. When we understand the other fellow's viewpoint and he understands ours, then we can sit down and work out our differences. So you and I, when we've had arguments, when we've disagreed on things, uh, much of the time it's because I'm not taking the time to see it from your vantage point, or you're not taking the time to see it from my vantage point. And when we can really communicate in a way that uh, the other person understands, then it's all of a sudden the the temperature in the room goes down and, and we can talk civilly to one another and work out a solution. But uh, how would you say, you know, there are diff- different ways to communicate. Uh, how would you say 
uh, couples that have trouble in communication? What are they missing? I think a, a main thing that they can be missing is that they don't guard their tongue. And they, uh, you know, because that verse that you just read said, be slow to speak. And I know personally for me, anytime that I am frustrated with you or any synonym of that word frustrated with you, um, if I can just kind of keep that to myself and kind of get myself calmed down first and and pray about that a little bit and, and be slower to speak, it's a real spiritual victory for me because my natural bent is to just immediately open my mouth and tell you what I think. And so... I think oftentimes we we are too careless with our words. We just toss them out mm-hmm. and we don't understand that the sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We don't rally around the fact that that is a bold lie, right. <laughs> you know, um, bruises that we see, those can fade away, but man, words stick with you. P- things that people have spoken to you, spoken over you, those stick with you. Most some of the time for the rest of your life, you can mm-hmm. you can look back as a fifty five year old and still remember some barb that someone spoke to you when you were four or five years old, mm-hmm. and so uh, I think that's a critical element is to um, make sure that we truly are slow to speak. Well, and some people, you know, we have different styles of communication. Some people are verbal processors, right? So they're just talking everything they're thinking, and other people are like, "Why are you doing that?" And will jump on something that's like, "I'm just throwing this out as an idea. I'm just kind of," and, and that can create a lot of uh, uh, frustration in marriage, especially when a, a verbal processor is married to a nonverbal processor. And that's normally what transpires because opposites attract, right? Yeah, so that normally is the scenario. Right. And when somebody that loves to uh, enjoy the journey of the conversation and point out every, you know, every flower on the journey and somebody that just wants to get to the destination. So I don't have an hour for you to talk to me. Tell me what I need to know in this brief, you know, two or three minutes. What is the crux? And uh, that can be a frustration for couples. Typically, not always, but typically the guy tends to be a little bit more direct and the girl tends to be more, uh, you know, I'm I'm enjoying this conversation. Let's have fun. And if I have to, you know, kind of take side roads to get to the destination. Side roads are fun. They're adventuresome. Let's let's just enjoy. Let's just see what's out there. Right. Yeah. So that can be a problem for people. And uh, as we have told people in marriage conferences, um, different ways of communication. It's not that one way is right and one way is wrong. They're just different. Right. I remember a, an illustration that we saw and that we have used in conferences is to hold up a coffee cup and to say, okay, have the audience describe the coffee cup to you and and you describe it and you say, okay, yeah, this is what it is. It's, it's, uh, it's, white, it has a flower on it, it has this verbiage on it, blah, 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 blah. Then you pose the question, okay, what side is the handle on? Well, the audience looking at it, if they're going to say left, you as the speaker looking at it, 
it's on the right. right. And so it, it's not that they're wrong and I'm right or I'm right and they're wrong. It's that our perspectives are so different. We're, we're coming at it from a different angle, from a different vantage point. And I think in communication between, especially between opposite sexes, between a man and a woman, we are absolutely coming at it from different perspectives. Right. And oftentimes even, you know, with coworkers or, or with whomever we are communicating, we if if we've gotten to a point where the communication has broken down, it is because we are seeing things from a different perspective. So we have to take the time to step back and say, okay, hmm, let me just see if I can put myself in this other person's shoes and see what it looks like from their perspective. Right. Uh, I remember our pastor, Damon Shook, he told me in counseling, he said, when you counsel a couple, he said, there's her side, there's his side, and then there's the truth. Right. Because they all see it a little, it's it's not a hundred percent because their perspective jades it. You know, the, uh, the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom and somebody has described wisdom this way. Wisdom is seeing life from God's perspective. And so the more we can do that and learn to grow in that, uh, the more life begins to make sense to us because we're seeing, you know, just like bad things happening to us. Oh, God, why are bad things happening to us? You don't realize that God uses those as sandpaper. He uses those as tools to chip away the the parts of us that are, uh, you know, unsavory and and to uh, to change us, to make us the person he wants us to be. So God is saying, yeah, I have to use that. Just like Paul got his thorn in the flesh. He didn't want it, but the Lord said, yeah, but I, you need to have this because then that, that uh, allows you to experience my grace in a more powerful way. Well, and it goes back to the Romans 8.28 verse as well. It's that God uses all things. He works all things together for good. And he he does take those differences, particularly in marriage, and he uses those as sandpaper um, to help us become more like him, to help us grow in our oneness and our intimacy with each other. And um, communication is a huge huge part of that. So the scripture verse in James, James 119, uh, but everyone must be quick to hear, quick to listen. I remember when I worked in the chemical business for Nalco Chemical Company, we had a session in in my three-week training in Naperville, Illinois, back in the day. Uh, and there, there was one session one afternoon, it was called A Cause for Listening. And we had to watch this video and discuss the art of listening. And I thought to myself, well, how dumb is this session? I mean, listening, everybody knows. How, how hard to, can it be? It must be. I mean, it's easy. You just listen. But listening is not that easy, is it? No, especially when you're listening for understanding uh, and you're wanting to really get to the heart of, of what someone is truly, truly trying to communicate. That takes focus. It takes intentionality. It takes effort. It takes discipline. Yes. It takes all of those things. So if you are a, a husband, if you're a dad, if you're a wife, if you're a mom, uh, listening to your spouse, listening to your children, uh, children listening to their parents, there are some tips to help you listen well, because listening is a skill. You have to uh, devote yourself to, okay, I'm going to be a good listener. And people love a good listener. Right. Uh, people will pay counselors lots of money. And why do they go there? They go there 
hopefully for help, but they go there too because that's somebody who will listen to me. Right. Um, now, if you're somebody who talks incessantly, uh, it's hard for people to listen to you and people will avoid you if if they know, hey, if I see this person, uh, I'm not going to be able to get away from them because they're going to latch onto me like a vampire bat. And uh, so you don't want to <laughs> be like that person. Uh, but in in uh, re- our relationships, our love relationships, especially four tips to help you be a better listener. Number one give focused attention. Mm, That can be hard. Yes, definitely hard because I always think, well, I can multitask. I can listen to Debbie and I can check the scores on the ball game. And I can look at a text and I can look at this on YouTube. And I can play Wordle and I can do all these (laughs) things while I'm talking to you. Why is it that that doesn't work? Because it it leaves me feeling um, very misunderstood that whatever I'm trying to communicate to you is not nearly as important as everything else. So it makes me feel very dismissed. <clears throat> right. Yeah. And I almost always know when you're doing it because I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Even we can when even, we talk on the yeah, phone. Even when we're on the phone, I can say, hey, I know that you're distracted. I know you're doing something else right now. Are you on your phone? What are you doing? You know, I, I just know that you are trying to multitask. Yes. Yeah. I always get busted on that. Yeah. So, tell tell the listeners the story about Sarah when she was yeah, so little, our youngest. Sarah was five years old and, you know, Sarah's just like you. She's just your mini me. <laughs> and so she was telling me a story and Sarah is somebody that loves to talk. And so she's a fun talker though. She's a fun talker. Uh, but sometimes she doesn't take a breath. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm watching a basketball game or something like that. And she's talking to me and I'm saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. While I'm watching the game and she just stops and grabs my face with both her hands and pulls me toward her face. And she said, daddy, you're not listening to me. Right. Cause even a five-year-old can figure that out. Yeah, right. She, if you're listening to me, you're going to be looking at me. Right. And so, so give focused attention. That is very important. And then we're going to talk about the uh, the other three things. So uh, you don't want to go away as we have this conversation about communication, communication in relationships, especially in family relationships, especially in marriage, because it's so critical. If you're going to have a good marriage, you're going to be good communicators, be good listeners and good sharers. Those things are critical. If you don't listen, if you don't share, your marriage is not going to be hitting on all eight cylinders. It's just going to be sputtering at best. So don't go away. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. We're on American Family Radio. Thanks for joining us. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan, double MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. 
People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. A Bible was placed on a POW MIA remembrance table in a VA hospital to remember a World War II vet. A lawsuit was filed by Religious Freedom Foundation to remove the Bible, calling it repugnant. A judge threw out the case. No one was forcing people to read the Bible. Religious freedom gives us the right to believe or not believe. I wonder if people who are driven by such hatred realize demonic powers are influencing them. I'm Pastor John Miller. Visit me at churchontherock.org. Can you imagine for even just a second how many things in this country need to be handled? Can we say border? Can we say the budget? Funding the military? Can we say all of the things that are just completely neglected because our congressmen in Washington, the Democrats who lead the House and establish what's discussed there, they have all control on impeaching the president. So that's what all they're doing. That's all they're doing. Sandy Rios in the morning. Weekdays at 7 Central on American Family Radio. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. I know we're all praying for Ukraine, and Eastern Europe is a part of the world where Bible League has a very strong presence. In nearby Albania, Pastor Ephraim is preaching away one Sunday. There's a ruckus at the door. Who is it? Twenty militant Muslims. They storm the pulpit, drag this man down the aisle. His family, many in the church who are new converts, are just horrified. They take this man to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death. You know what his crime is? Very simply, that he has been patiently and winsomely sharing Christ with Muslims and atheists and they are coming to place their faith in Jesus Christ. But the leaders in those uh, movements are not happy. You know when I ask him, how can we pray for you, brother? He did not say, pray for an end to our suffering. He says, pray that we'll see those around us as the mission field and more will come to Christ. $5 sends a Bible, $100 sends 20 to Eastern Europe today. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give it sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. Welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. I'm joined in the studio with my wife, Debbie. We're talking about communication, communication in relationships, especially in family relationships, especially in marriage. So let each one be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. James 119. And so how do you listen well? Well, the first thing we said in the last segment was give focused attention. Listen with your whole body. Put down the newspaper, put down your iPad, put down your phone. And when eye contact. Yeah, eye contact. Look straight in the eye. Look your your uh, spouse, your child, uh, whoever you're talking to, look them straight in the eye and give them your full attention. And then secondly, Listen with acceptance and understanding. What does that mean, Debbie? I think with acceptance and understanding, it means I'm going to come at this conversation with you not um, unyielding, but yielding to the fact that there may be a part of my argument that isn't right, that I'm open to hearing your side and hearing what you are seeing from your perspective, that I'm not so stubborn and just have my heels dug in and clenched, that I am just not going to be open to any other 
thing right. than what I that I what I came to the table thinking. I'm not open to any kind of um, revelation whatsoever, right. and so I I think that's that's huge, and I think that that is a, a Holy Spirit thing <laughs> that takes place in us because in our flesh we don't want to do that. We right. we want to dig those hills in. We want to um, we want to be right, and we want to be right. Sometimes it whatever it costs to be right, we want to still be right, and so it. it to come into a conversation and into a communication situation where it's like, okay, I feel pretty strongly about how I feel, but but I'm going to put that aside for a minute and I'm going to really listen to your side of this and see what truths I can glean from this. Well, you know, in our world today, we have people that don't, don't confuse me with facts. I, right. This is what I believe and I'm not changing it. So, uh, you know, we have to be able to exchange ideas. That's why this cancel culture is so devastating to uh, to our country, to our world, because then you silence uh, communication. You silence another voice that says, well, hey, wait a minute, that may not be right. If If what you believe is right, then you ought to be able to defend it. Um, now, when I talk to somebody about the Lord, about the scripture, if they don't receive that they well i don't believe the bible okay that's your choice do you know what the bible says because typically the people that throw out the bible they've never read the bible but uh here's what the bible says do you know what the bible says about how a person goes to heaven that's a great way to witness because the person probably doesn't they'll say well good works or whatever uh can i just tell you what the bible says about this and then you learn verses to share this is what the bible says the the road in the book of Romans, the Romans road. Hey, I share with you what the Bible says about this, whether you accept that or not, that's your business, but let me share that with you. And so, uh, being open to, uh, accept and understand where the other person is coming from. So getting back to the marriage relationship, that is critical. So if you're upset with me, I need to listen not defensively, but to put down the defenses and just really listen. Okay, I want to. I want to hear where you're coming from. I may not agree with it, but I at least need to hear where you're coming from. Well, I think it goes back to the facts versus the feelings. It's like you you feel what you feel, and so in, in communication, even though my you may not deem my feelings to be correct, they right. may be, you may deem them to be wrong to be off track whatever but they are still my feelings and as a result of that we have to talk through that so that you can understand how i came to feel what i feel right um and and i think um you know you you have to get past just the facts because in communication it, it's more than just facts it's more than just you're right i'm wrong it's like okay Maybe we're both right here, but when you did X, it made me feel this way. That may not have been your intent, intent, but it did evoke this feeling in me, and and that hurt me. And we've got to kind of talk through that right. and process that. Right. And so, as I listen to you, it's good for me to ask questions. Right. That okay, this is what I'm hearing. Tell me if I'm right. Uh, you're saying that when I forgot to call you to tell you I was going to be ten late, ten minutes late for dinner, that that really made you feel unimportant. Right. Um, is that what, is that what you're saying? So that way we're on the same page. You're not, and here's something that women tend to do a lot. Uh, guys do it somewhat, but women do it a lot. Well, he should know. Yeah. I'm He's not gonna, never going to know. No, 
Yeah, no. he's just not. Some uh, giving him way too much credit. <laughs> when it comes to women, men are we're just dumb. We don't get it. We don't think like they do. We don't process things like they do. Uh, so. Uh, wives, if you're out there, uh, just know that if you spell things out for us, it's a lot better. And and same true is true for guys. It, sometimes our wife will do something. Typically, it's in the area of the sexual part of marriage. You can hurt our feelings because we've we you know, we were coming on to you and you shut us down and we get our feelings hurt and you didn't even realize that we were coming on to you. And uh, and so it's one of those things where it's like, why are you mad at me? Right. You should know why I'm mad at you. Well, and I think, too, it, it can be beneficial in a conversation to say, I don't want you to hear something that I'm not saying. I want, I want you to really hear wh where my heart is on this because I'm not saying X, Y, Z. This is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And uh, to really clarify that and, and solidify that so that grossly diminishes misunderstanding when there is that clarity that comes like that. Well, and also in communication, especially if there's if it's uh, heated might be a bad word, but it, but if you're kind of in an argument. Right. So you got to focus in on the content of what is being said, not necessarily the emotion of what is being said. Because when we go emotion and then I respond in emotion, then it just blows Escalates. up into a big fight. So <laughs> if, if I listen calmly, okay, she's upset because what is, what is the real issue here? And a lot of times for a woman, Debbie, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of times it's, I don't feel very cherished. I don't feel feel like I'm very valued, like I'm, you know, third, fourth, fifth on your list of priorities. Right. Because that's that's a woman's greatest need is to feel loved. Mm -hmm. That's why the Bible says over and over, husbands, see to it that you love your wife. Right. You know, because um, that is our greatest need and our, our security. We have a great need for security as well. And, and those are kind of intermingled. When we're feeling loved and cherished, we're feeling secure. Right. And when we're not feeling loved and cherished, we we feel very insecure in the relationship. And so that's very, very important. So we, we have to give focused attention. We have to listen with acceptance and understanding. We have to ask some clarifying questions to say, hey, is this is this really what you're trying to say here? And then just like you just said, we have to really focus on what is the message behind the words, not the emotions, but what is just the real message behind the words. So that is listening. Let everyone be quick to listen. And then it says slow to speak mm. and slow to anger. So in communication, there's listening and then there's talking. Mm -hmm. And frustrations can come. Now, opposites, as you said, opposites attract in marriage and then opposites tend to attack. Um, if a very talkative girl marries she's not going to marry a talkative guy because not usually no because there's there's only one mic and there's right so she marries a a quote-unquote strong silent type uh but that'll drive her crazy when he doesn't talk uh she thinks that's exciting at first and then she's gonna be like hey you need to start saying something um so let's talk about how you verbalize and how important it is to verbalize to express yourself well. 
slow to speak, slow to anger. So what are some keys when when couples talk to one another? I think the first important one is to make sure that you choose your words very carefully. Um, and, and those need to be Holy Spirit-driven words. In our flesh, we're going to just start running our mouths. And um, that can get us into trouble almost every time it's going to get us into trouble. And so to be um, in very intentional with the words that we choose to think through those things. So to not just erupt in the heat of the moment, mm-hmm. but to just kind of sit back that's that be, you know, be quick to listen, kind of just sit back. You don't have to say everything immediately and, and focus in on using words that are going to truly communicate what you're thinking, how you're feeling and what outcome you're wanting to achieve from this communication. Right. And if you're angry, Mm, that shuts it down. Yeah. It shuts down communication and it's best to not speak when you're angry because you will say some things that you wish you hadn't. And then you can't take them back. No, it's out there. It's out there. Uh, I remember hearing uh, Chuck Swindoll at a national religious broadcasters convention, and he was talking about the things I've learned in 50 years of ministry. And he said, one of the things he learned was, I have never had to apologize for something I didn't say. Right. So he said, be careful what you say. Because especially if you're if you're uh, ticked off and you say some things or you put some things out there on social media and you're angry, um, those things can come back to bite you. And you you'll wish I wish I hadn't said that um, because that's going to that's a problem. Uh, For instance, um, you know, you're I've never liked your mother. Oh, you know, you yeah, say right. say something like that. Yeah. Um, Can't take that one back, can we? No. So it's, it's like out there. Okay. I mean, so we forgive. We, but it's always in the back of your mind. Well, he doesn't like my mother. Mm-hmm. He's never liked my mother. Mm-hmm. Now, in our case, your mother never liked me. Right. Bless so uh, mm-hmm. it's not that I didn't like her. She didn't like me. So. Um, that's a whole different story. It's a whole nother broadcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) So think before you speak, uh, and and then the timing of it. So it's not just what you say, but it's when you say it. Right. So for, for married couples, especially, um, if, uh, if a wife is staying at home, taking care of little kids, which is a hard, that is the hardest job on the planet. I don't care what the husband does. The wife is doing a great work and it's hard work taking care of little kids. And so uh, the husband comes home, the wife has been uh, longing for adult conversation and uh, maybe there's a problem and she wants to hit him as soon as he walks in the door with this problem. Why is that a bad idea? Because he's going to want to turn around and just go right back to work. That's (laughs) why it's a bad idea. He's got to have a little time to unwind, take off the day as it were, and, and kind of just relax a little before he's kind of open to that. You know, it would be um, like if you're in the middle of, of changing 40 diapers and doing laundry, you're just not at a point at that very moment in time where you can really just focus in on a conversation. You're very, very distracted. You're tired, whatever it is. So you, the timing is so critically important. And Mr. Bible here will be able to quote this exact verse, but uh, I believe it's in Timothy. I don't know one or two, but anyway, it talks about, you know, words being edifying for the moment. 
And uh, there are just times when words are going to be edifying and they're going to be received well, they're going to be understood. And there's times where even though what you're saying may be correct, it's just not the right time wherewith to share them. Because at that moment, it's not going to be received as an edifying word. Right. So the the video that many people have seen, it's not about the nail with the the couples uh, talking. If you haven't seen that, you need to you need to YouTube. Yeah, that. she's got a nail in her forehead, right. and uh, you know it just shows that she doesn't want him to fix it. She right. just wants him to. Yeah, she's saying, "Oh, my head hurts. It hurts so bad." Yeah, it's like, well, you do have a nail in your head. And she goes, "It's not about the nail." <laughs> and uh, for guys, it's all about the nail. And, uh, but Hey, I learned early on in marriage, women don't want your wife doesn't want your solutions. She wants your shoulder to cry on and empathy. And yeah. And you understand it's the weirdest thing guys, but that will make her feel so much better. It's just like, I've had a good cry. I feel so much better. I feel like you've listened to me. I feel like I'm understood. Debbie would, when I would come home from work, when the kids were little, she would tell me about uh, the frustrations with the kids. We had three little girls all under the age of five. And my attitude would just be, okay, we got to fix this. A boarding school, uh, that'll fix the problem. And she'd be like, no, we're not doing boarding school. Uh, I just want you to listen to me. Commiserate with me. Yeah. Yeah, and if I would do that, feel so much better. Yeah. It's like, I'm ready to start the day for tomorrow, you know? Well, I think another very important facet to what you say is to remember that everything you think and feel you don't need to say. You just don't have to say everything you think. Um, and we've all been in situations where people have just started running their mouth and then it's like, Oh, that's irreversible. I can't, I can't get those words back. And so it's so important to make sure that you guard your tongue, right? You know, that you just don't say every single thing you think it's not necessary. Well, probably not any of us would be married if we, if we (laughs) always said everything we thought. Right. Everything you think right about when you your, thought it. your spouse's parents, your spouse's family, uh, how your spouse looks uh, in any given situation in life. I mean, we just don't do that. So you just keep thoughts to yourself. Um, share what needs to be shared. Obviously, it's something big. You got to share that. But, uh, you know, every irritation doesn't need to be voiced because you'd, you'd be talking about irritations all day long. And so... Uh, We just accept people for who they are and we just say, hey, you know, my spouse is this way and I love her for it. And we just go on down the road. Hey, we're going to be taking your calls in the next segment. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. Give us a call and let's visit. What we believe about the Bible is based on what we believe about its source. The God Who Speaks, the award-winning documentary from the American Family Association, is now available in a special limited edition DVD set. This release includes a Sunday school curriculum and two hours of additional footage. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to get your copy today. Thegodwhospeaks.org. 
What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God, and our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. The following are real life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Back in 07, my father passed away. My mother had passed away seven years earlier, and they left me a small inheritance, and I wanted to give back to AFA for all they have done for me. Carol talks about her experience with the AFA Foundation. I am an avid listener to AFR, 12 hours a day, and I hear Dan Celia talking about the charitable gift annuity. I liked what the uh, gift annuity offered, donated a certain amount, and from that, I get a check every month, which is retirement income for me. If you'd like to support the work of the AFA and receive a fixed income for life, a charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation may just be what you're looking for. Learn more by contacting the Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. Welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. I'm with my wife, Debbie. We're talking about communication, communication in relationships, communication, especially in family relationships and in marriage. Now, one of the things, Debbie, we talked about, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And so we talked about listening in the first segment. We talked about uh, sharing in the second segment, how important that is to be able to express yourself well. But let's talk about uh, the issue of nonverbals in communication. Nonverbals are huge. I can remember, um, in fact, we, you even have a coffee cup that one of the girls gave you that said, you're rolling your eyes out loud. Or I can hear you. Or, or I can hear eyes. you rolling your eyes or something like that. But those nonverbals can absolutely shut down communication because they can um, make you feel like you're just absolutely not understood in any way, shape, or form. And they can very be very demeaning. Um, and for the person giving the nonverbals, sometimes that's just a, a natural reaction. Like you haven't been able, you don't even know you're doing it and, mm-hmm. until it's pointed out. Right. The rolling of the eyes, especially in a marriage relationship, the rolling of the eyes says to your spouse, 
you're such an idiot. Uh, that's just, you know, you're telling me something. I'm like, oh, right. you know. Um, and the turning of the head, yeah. the rolling of the head, the rolling of the eyes, they kind of go together. It's like, good night. You're going there again. I remember Jill when she was in high school. Uh, I did that to her. I didn't even know I was doing it. I didn't know the power of the nonverbals, mm-hmm. especially with the girls mm-hmm. um, and having, you know, a wife and three girls. And Jill said to me, you're doing that thing again. I said, I'm doing what thing again? That rolling of the eyes thing. I hate that. Right. Because that just is so demeaning. Right. It is so demeaning. And and even your posture, if you're standing with your arms crossed in front of your chest or you're, you just appear to be very frustrated and tense. I mean, that that those are huge nonverbals as well that just say, hey, I'm just I'm going to stand here and listen to you so that if if I was in a court of law and someone asked me, did you listen? I could say <laughs> yes, but I'm not really open to a single thing that you're saying. Right. And and so those nonverbals, they're they're they speak volumes, the right. nonverbals. Right. And as a as a pastor and as somebody that preaches on a regular basis, uh, you look out at the crowd, you can tell who's listening and who's not. Uh, just by the, just by their posture, just by their expressions. Um, you know, if they're looking down at the floor or, you know, they're not looking at you or whatever. And so that's why we said, Hey, when you're going to be a good listener, you give focused attention, you listen for understanding. You may not agree with everything, but you are listening. And, uh, if somebody says something that's off the wall or your spouse says something that you just don't agree with, uh, really resist the, um, the tendency and the impulse to just roll your eyes or blow it off or just give some kind of sigh that, right. oh, you're such an idiot, because that's what that says. And you don't want to say to your spouse, to your children, to anybody you're talking to, you're such an idiot, right. because we always treat people with respect. You had talked about the verse in Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. And we need to build each other up, not tear each other down with our words. Well, we're taking calls. The phone lines are open. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. Debbie, when we talk about communicating well, we had a situation in our marriage early on when we had just had Jill and you you were uh, retired from your job as a school teacher. You're going to be a stay-at-home mom. And I was still, my life hadn't really changed all that much. And I'd come home from work and I'd want to go play basketball with my buddies or whatever. You'd been home all day with Jill, uh, first child, just learning the ropes. And uh, you didn't like me going across the street to play basketball. Tell about that. I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't necessarily that I didn't like you going out to play basketball. I didn't like you going out to play basketball as frequently as you were wanting to play basketball because it would, it had kind of evolved to where there were just kind of some pickup games three or four nights a week. People would be outside, you know, our neighbors. And so it, One night a week, one time on the weekend, not a problem. But when it got to be where pretty much every night other than church night, Wednesday night, you were wanting to do that, it left me feeling very isolated and um, 
very alone, very uh, undervalued in that it's like, okay, out of all the things that I could be doing with my time, I don't want to spend any of it with her. And that's how it left me feeling. And that's not what I was thinking. That wasn't what you were thinking, but that's how it made me feel. And so I would confront you about it and I would talk to you about it. And we just couldn't come to any kind of understanding because you felt like, well, why can't I have fun? I don't understand why you're being uh, so selfish about this, Debbie. And that you're just an hour just across the street. Yes. I'm just right across the street. Anytime you need me, I'm right here. Um, And so we we kept talking about it and kept talking about it and we were not getting any closer to coming to an understanding with each conversation it really just kind of um exacerbated both of our frustrations with each conversation that we had and so finally i remember i had just been really praying about it cuz i i was like lord i don't understand why he doesn't understand where i'm coming from you've got to help me communicate this to him in a way that he can have kind of an aha moment about this and hear my heart on this and so i came up with a, an illustration a story to kind of help you see where i was coming from yes. why don't you share that so so you told me she said uh to me, how would you feel, Jeff, if uh, a bunch of your buddies got together to play basketball and they didn't call you and they didn't invite you to play? And I said, well, why would they do that? I mean, I have these friends and we play full court basketball and uh, sure they would call me. She said, well, how would you feel if they didn't call you? And I said, well, I'd feel terrible. I'd feel so left out. I'd feel like, well, what's the deal? Don't, you know, do you not like me anymore? And uh, all of a sudden you just looked at me. Mm-hmm. I didn't I, say anything. I, no. And I almost just started crying. I said, do you mean that's the way I'm making you feel? And you said, yes. And I said, I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And so Debbie uh, just so wisely and through prayer communicated in a, in a story that I could really relate to and getting my feelings hurt in a way that I could relate to. And then all of a sudden I saw she's wanting to spend time with me. She feels like she's getting put on the back burner. It's not that she doesn't want me to play basketball. It's that she wants me to be with her. And so that made such a difference. And so uh, we always tell couples, listen, uh, women speak estrogen, men speak testosterone. And if you're going to communicate well, and especially communicate hurt feelings, Share it in a way that your spouse will understand what you're talking about and they can feel what you're feeling because once they do, they'll be much more apt to uh, to respond well in that situation and say, oh, mm-hmm. and they they really feel it and they're they're sorry. Listen, none of us get married to hurt our spouses. Uh, I say none of us. I mean, uh, nobody that I know stands at the altar says, nah, now I can get you. Uh, right. That's that's not why we got married. We got married uh, to love one another and to encourage one another and not to hurt one another. But it, so often in marriage, we hurt one another because as the old saying goes, hurting people hurt people. And so when, when uh, your spouse is hurting, uh, he or she will say things that are hurtful. Because- you just think about an animal when they're hurt. What do they do? They lash out. Right. 
right? Um, and and that's so often what we can do. I think there, if we go back to that verse in James one nineteen, where it's, it talks about the be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Talk a minute for just a minute, Jeff, about that progression, about why it is that if we are not quick to hear and quick to speak and slow to speak, that there is going to be anger. Well, yeah, slow to anger because you, you know, anger is a natural emotion. So it mm-hmm. cuts you off in traffic. Boom, I can get angry. So I have to be able to process that. So it just doesn't come out with I'm laying on the horn and I'm yelling at them and I'm shaking my fist at them. And how many people end up dead on the road because there was an altercation uh, because somebody got cut off in traffic. It's better to just let that stuff go. Uh, I learned in seminary something that is so important. When you feel anger at that moment, you have a choice. You can choose to uh, yield that to God and choose his grace. His grace is sufficient for you, or you can hold on to the anger and respond in anger. Responding in anger is always going to be the bad response. You want to say, okay, God, I want to, uh, I want to trust you. Give me grace for this moment so I can be in control and not out of control. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And people that are angry and go off the handle, they're not in control anymore. And they're just blasting anybody and everybody in sight verbally. And uh, if it gets way out of control, it, it becomes physical. And, and they're physically uh, blasting people. So you don't want to do that because you'll, you'll wreck and ruin relationships. Anger shuts down communication. Right. Absolutely. Well, let's talk for just a minute in, in some of our closing moments together about how we can actually do this. Where does the power to respond in this kind of way come from? Because our flesh does not want to respond this way. No. So how how do on a practical level walking this out and really putting it into practice in our lives how can we go about doing that Well be not drunk with wine wherein is an excess but be filled with the spirit that's Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 Now after it says be filled with the spirit it talks about the marriage relationship and the family relationship and then it talks about the work relationship So to do life effectively. You can't do it in the power of the flesh because uh, your husband, your wife, uh, your kids, all the same. When self is on the throne, self is selfish. Right. Your flesh. What is your flesh? Uh, Take the H off and spell it backwards. It's self. S-E-L-F. That is the flesh. It's all about me. I want what I want when I want it. So, I have been crucified with Christ, Paul says, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. Every day I have to start off my day surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ so that he would be sitting on the throne of my life and that I would respond to uh, my wife, my children, uh, the people I encounter for that day uh, with with the Lord's strength and not in my own strength, 
because my own strength is going to be selfish. My own strength is going to look out for my personal interests. Um, uh, the the scripture says in in Philippians uh, chapter two, do nothing from selfishness, selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. And you can't do that unless Jesus is on the throne of your life. I think too that attitude <clears throat> and seeing your need for that is is takes discipline and it takes asking the lord to keep you very cognizant of that to keep that on the forefront of your mind that's so true well we have uh, virginia from texas virginia welcome to the broadcast this morning good morning i uh, i listen to you and appreciate you all so very much and um this is regarding anger um my youngest son in 2007 took his own life because of his ex-spouse, and, and anger built up in me so much, I, and this is wonderful advice. I called a lawyer to see what I could do, and he listened faithfully, and he said, Miss Stringer, that you can spend a lot of money and you can spend a lot of time, but sometimes there are just matters of the heart. And his advice was, you know, anger will eat on us and just let it go. In other words, deal with it, you and God. That is great advice, Virginia. That's uh, obviously easier said than done. It's a process, and forgiveness is kind of like peeling an onion. It kind of comes off in layers and in sheets. But by faith, we just give that over to the Lord, and we say, God, here's my hurt. I'm going to trust you with it. I'm going to choose to let the person go that hurt me, and uh, I just deliver them over to you, but I'm not going to let this unforgiveness have root in my heart. Well, thanks so much for being with us. Let me encourage you this way. As the scripture says, let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. And let those who love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be magnified this day in your life. We'll be with you again tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.